You're listening to Neurodiversity at Work. Told me that when people rise up against you, what's the sign of your destiny real? Fake ones been hating, cause they know that one day you're making it. Jealousy's all they can feel. Plugging the phone, drifting my zone. Pain in the future when thinking alone. About when I'm grown, already blown. How'd I get blessed with this beautiful home? You were the sight, beautiful life. Beautiful sex with my husband and wife. Beautiful children, people who want to come kill me because I'm expressing my rights. Kill me because I'm expressing my rights. Kill me because I'm expressing my rights. Welcome to the first ever episode of Neurodiversity at Work, Prisoners, Vagrants, Vagabonds and Albert Einstein. The reason for setting up this podcast is I was hearing so many great stories around the wonderful work that's being done around neurodiversity at work. However, I couldn't find any of these across the internet. There's a lot of people who are showing a great interest in this subject And I wanted to lift the lid off some of that incredible work that's being done so that we can all hear about it, experience in it and implement it into our working practices. Now, each week we're going to look at a different subject. We're going to look at somebody of interest. So we're going to have superheroes, those people who are neuro different and working in leading positions within HR and recruitment uh, and the wider workplace. We're going to hear from the rainmakers, the doers, those people who are doing incredible work within their organisations. And we're going to hear from the advocates, those people supporting neurodiversity in a wide variety of ways. Today, I'm being joined by Jamie Leonard of the Recruitment Events Company. And the reason why all this is happening and the reason why I started this is down to Jamie, an event I attended last year that opened my eyes to neurodiversity. So I hope you enjoy the first episode with Jamie and please do like, share and let me know your thoughts. So this is the first podcast of neurodiversity at work and I couldn't do the first one without inviting you on Jamie because really for me I wouldn't be doing this, I wouldn't be here, half of the content that I'm pushing out around neurodiversity, the work that I'm doing would not have happened without you and the recruitment events company. So first of all, an amazing thank you to you for opening my eyes to this subject. But first of all, would you introduce yourself, let people know who you are uh, and I guess why you're here today? Well, firstly, I'm absolutely honoured to be um, the first one on the podcast and thank you for the kind words as well. Uh, You know, for for me, it's, it's just great to see some of our members you know, taking the content, taking the, the learnings from, from those meetups and, you know, running with them and, and creating change. And, you know, this is exactly what you're doing with this. This is a very significant podcast. It's an important subject. And uh, I'm glad to be on. So, um, yep. So my name is Jamie Leonard. I'm the co-founder and CEO of the Recruitment Events Company. Uh, the Recruitment Events Company has a number of events and communities that we manage. Amongst those, probably most notable is uh, Breakfast and the Resource and Leader 100. And then we do a bunch of other stuff as well in between. In essence, we host events and meetups that are there to drive the industry forward, to connect recruiters and, and to, you know, to educate the in-house recruitment market. So that's, uh, that's, that's me. And it's incredible. It's a year ago 
almost to the day, a few weeks' time, I came to Whitstable, and that is where I have my first taste of neurodiversity from Ed. And Ed's going to be on on the podcast uh, next week, um, and and that really opened my eyes. So it was an RL100 event you invited me to, first of all, that was incredible down in London, and following that, I was invited to Whitstable. Prior to that, I did not know what neurodiversity, what the term meant and for me that was a big shift in my thinking because I went from thinking I'm dyslexic to oh wow there could be other stuff going on in my head so Jamie what does neurodiversity mean to you and how you know why have you made it a very important subject within the RL100? I think it's been an interesting journey over the last year or so we started to look at neurodiversity at the back end of last year. It was a subject that our then chairperson, Katrina Hutchinson O'Neill, was very keen to explore. And it was one that hadn't really been spoke about. You know, we, we talk about diversity and inclusion a lot, but, you know, neurodiversity seems to be the final frontier in that space when it comes to the world of work. It's, you know, it's the invisible one for the most part. And it's kind of the one we don't talk about a lot. Um, you know, I've got uh, friends that have been through very bad situations and been in very bad places. And, you know, I, I absolutely can understand what the stress of life can do to people from, from my own point of view. Uh, you know, I've, I've suffered from anxiety for a lot of my life. I started in my early twenties when I was working in, you know, some high pressured sales roles and yeah, you know, I've, I'd had, I've had panic or I had panic attacks really for, you know, 10, 11 years. It's got better. You know, it's got a lot better. Uh, it's not something you ever really get over. It's it's kind of like alcoholism. You never fully recover. You're just kind of controlling it in a better way. So it means a lot to me personally. Uh, and, you know, from a, from a world of work point of view, I think it's just a very important subject. I think, you know, from a uh, inclusion piece, it's important. But also there's opportunity there as well. You know, we've, we've done some work, you know, as in we have, me and you, have done some work with, uh, Sarah Jane Harvey, who is absolutely amazing, uh, yes. a great speaker. And what I'm so happy about um, Sarah Jane is, is the fact that, you know, she'd never really spoke at any HR events or recruitment events. And uh, my wife, Lois, found her uh, on her Facebook page. And she said, look, this, this woman's incredible. You have to kind of get her in to, to talk. I think she's only done two speaking gigs at that point a, a, anywhere. And, you know, we had that the kind of the moment we saw her uh, when we had one of the summits and crew, we just knew that she needs to be on more stages. A message needs to be, to be spread wider. So, you know, we, we helped her facilitate uh, getting her toe in the door. I know she flew to San Francisco and, and gave a fantastic talk. I think yesterday she was in Dublin for one of our yes. clients as well. Um, so, you know, really great. She's getting that recognition and really great that, 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 that her message. And, you know, look, this is not our message. This is her message. And, you know, we really want to kind of, spread that message because her message is a very positive one. It is around inclusion, but it's also around, there is an opportunity here. You know, there, you know, I think something, you know, when we talk about um, people with autism, it was something like, and I don't know the stats exactly, but it's like, uh, I think it's like 70% are not in work and 90% would want to work. And, you know, there's an opportunity there for, to find these kind of hidden talent pools that, that, that have, you know, a very rare skill set and can do amazing things when put into the right situations, you know, um, I know we spoke, me and you have spoke before about uh, my, uh, Facebook having 
a, an interview process just for people with autism. They've got a department of coders that are just people with autism. And, you know, that's really powerful. And, you know, what, we, if we can start to talk about it more as a positive, as opposed to a negative, then, you know, p potentially the, the, the needle can move. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree, um, you know, Agni Orti, as she's known, is incredible and she's brilliant. And it, she's just a, a, a real pleasure to spend time with. And I'll absolutely be asking her to join us on this podcast very soon. And I think you, the stat you mentioned, I think there's another stat that's 84 percent uh, of people who are autistic are out of full time work absolutely would like to be in work uh, and I think it's really important you mention around the positive viewpoint of people who are neurodifferent, who are autistic or have ADHD, there's often negativity associated with it and that's because what we see in the news and what we hear, you know, people having a requirement to have 24-7 care in a facility in Ireland and the way that they're treated negatively it gives people all kinds of perceptions around what autism is or what ADHD is. You know, it's somebody with an ASBO because, you know, they cause lots of trouble and too much energy. Uh, and and it's, so I think I absolutely agree with you. For me, it is around sharing the positive message and finding ways to do that and that we can open up to a wide variety of audiences. And I think that's something you've done incredibly well, Jamie. I'd certainly, I, the audience that I'm now speaking to is down to the platform that you've provided with me. So not just the knowledge and expertise, but also the platform has been really key. And I'm finding myself being engaged and involved in a lot more, which is actually helping my learning. I was at an event yesterday, Jamie, where I used the word neurodivergent. And actually, uh, I was told neurodifferent might be a better term. Still not brilliant, but a better term because actually divergent has negative connotations so we're all on that learning journey but it's interesting as well Jamie you said around anxiety and you've gone and created yourself a world whereby you probably now have put so much pressure on yourself to deliver something that in the end has turned out to be incredible so why do you do that to yourself <laughs> um yeah I mean if you suffer from anxiety starting a business is probably the worst idea you, you can have um, the, the worst idea is to start an events business. Um, running, running events is the most stressful job outside of being a fireman, uh, a, a soldier or a policeman. That's not, my, that's not my thoughts. That's Forbes' top 10 most stressful jobs every year. Event yeah, organizer yeah. is top of it. But no, you, you, you know, it, it's, it's strange because, uh, you know, stress doesn't cause my anxiety. And, um, you know, stress doesn't cause my panic attacks. It's it's actually not related to, um, you know, stressful situations. Pa you know, panic attacks or you know, or, or anxiety, whatever you want to call it, it it's like a tripwire. You know, you, you can be anywhere, any place, any time, and all of a sudden your body just goes into fight or flight mode. There is no rational reason behind it. You, your your body just will, will 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 go into that mode where you know your your hands start to sweat and everything goes dark. You, you start to spin. You start to sweat. You feel like you can't breathe. You think you're having a heart attack, and it's it's you know when when it first started, it was they're a difficult thing to get out of, and you know I, at the time I'd have to kind of take myself home, take two nitol, and sleep for three or four hours, and wake up out of it, and that's not a very healthy way to deal with it, especially when you're having six or seven panic attacks a day. That um, it's not sustainable. So 
you know, really when, when I met my wife and, you know, I had someone to talk to and, um, cause I never really spoke to anyone about this, you know, this isn't something you, you bring up at dinner parties. Hey, guess what? I just panic every now and again for no reason. It, it's, it's a bit of a mood crusher. So, um, when I, you know, when I met my wife and explained to what I was going through and we kind of started to understand what it is and, and started to pick it apart, <clears throat> it was at that point that I learned to control it better. You know, there are things you can do. Exercise is a massive help. And, you know, believe it or not, I've never been a massive exercise guy. Um, but, you know, getting to the gym, getting on the treadmill really helps. Um, loud music helps me. I don't know if it helps other people. I put my headphones in, I turn the music up and, you know, it kind of takes my mind off it. And, you know, just not focusing on it more than anything else. That, that's And it's so difficult to do. It's easy to say. But when you're in that moment, you know, actually being able to take your, talk yourself off the ledge and go, right, this is going to get worse, but, you know, unless I do something about it, I've got to go and focus and do something else. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, I just think, look, you know, we've all got our things in life that we, that we, we suffer with. This was, this was just mine. And, you know, thankfully I've kind of got on top of it and, you know, I'm always just really keen. And that, that's why, you know, we, we've moved to a four day week now with, with the business. It's, you know, we get what we do is stressful and, you know, we want to kind of offer our team the best opportunity to lead, lead their kind of, you know, their best life. Um, and, you know, if we can do that by de-stressing them and moving to a four day week and giving them a bit of work, now balance then, you know, why not do it? So, and we're seeing more and more companies move to this model at the moment. I don't think it's going to be a quick change, but it, it's certainly a change we're starting to see. Yeah, and I've got to take my hat off to you. Uh, I think it's incredible. And even simple things like with all of the challenges in the economy, with the government, you know, the political challenges that we now face. Uh, I saw a post the other day whereby you just said, listen, you, if, if the team need to take the time off to go and be active uh, and to express their viewpoint, whatever that viewpoint may be, then we want to support and facilitate our employees doing that. And you know what? that I, I think part of the challenge we face in society uh, is that we close off to others and we become isolated and we're not engaging and, and listening and debating in, in other people's viewpoints. And that's just not politically, that is within organisations. Uh, I was only speaking to somebody yesterday who meant uh, the R100 that mentioned that they talked to somebody in work and said, um, do you know Josh, for example? wasn't Josh but Josh uh, and they went no don't know who Josh is and they well Josh is the person who sits next to you in work I mean yeah that's correct well, that's, yeah uh, but uh, I, I think that's that's kind of unfortunately in some organizations societies groups that's kind of where we're at sometimes you know we're we may be more active on social media than we are within our real world uh, so I, again I just got to commend you for that work that you've been doing uh, and, you know, the work that Kirsty's been supporting with, uh, presenting that as well, again, the message out there, so whether others can learn from it. Uh, so yeah. what, do you, what do you see next? Uh, what do you see next around neurodiversity, diversity of thought, neurodifference? Uh, how are you going to uh, continue to push the envelope on this subject? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, just, just to come back to the kind of political thing and the, the reasoning behind that. So, we, you know, we did turn around to our team and say, Look, if you want to go and protest, if you want to go and march, you know, regardless of which way you're supporting, please do. And the reason we made that decision was people are frustrated at the moment on both sides of the fence with the current political system. People are frustrated. And, you know, being able to march, being able to, 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 to have their say is a way of venting that frustration 
which will make them better in work. So yes. you know, we, did, we just said, look, don't get frustrated here. Don't get wound up. Go and do something about it. Then come back with your head clear. So, so that was that. So what's next within the neurodiversity space for us? We're going to look, you know, this, this wasn't kind of like a, a one year plan for us. This is an ongoing thing. We're going to make sure that within our events, it's a subject we continue to talk about and, and that we continue to um, push in terms of uh, uh, the content. And, you know, I, I think as, as resourcing leaders, you know, our members have a responsibility to get this message into their companies. It, it's going to be, it has to be us, right? It's not going to be anyone else. It's not going to be finance. It's not going to be marketing. You know, we're the ones doing the hiring and we need to be the ones really pushing, pushing this message. So for us, this is just about, it's a continuous drive. It's a, it's a kind of a, 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 a goal of the RO100 to, 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 you know, be in a place where, you know, from a, a hiring a place, from a sourcing place, from a, a, a tenure place, you know, neurodiversity isn't something that's shied away from, isn't something that's frowned upon. And it's, you know, and we, we treat it the same way we do, you know, some of the other, uh, uh, you know, DNI subjects like gender and, uh, and, and um, race. So, so that's kind of, that's kind of the, the drive for us is just to, we'll keep, you know, we'll keep putting people on stages. We'll keep highlighting, you know, amazing stories like, you know, Sarah Jane Harvey's and, and, and push it that way. Uh, and, you know, that's, that, that's what we're going to be doing for the foreseeable future within this space. Um, actually, I, I almost forgot, so I probably should have mentioned this actually. Um, we're actually hosting a diversity, a DNI conference in January. So, so we've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, we've done smaller DNI events, but we're going to do something for around 400 people, um, probably somewhere like the British Library. And neurodiversity is going to be very much top of that agenda um, for that event. Uh, and I think you know that's a good way to educate a, a, a big group, you know, the, the masses. And um, yeah, you know, and hopefully events like that, smaller ones, R100 Rexfest start to move the needle that's my hope yes thank you and the british library is a great venue uh, i think you know uh, events there just uh, have a, a particular feel to them so holding a event a dni event like that at the british library i think is a fantastic idea and i'm, I'm that's now already in my mind in my diary <laughs> i'll be there so you're, i'm you're, really looking forward to that you'll be talking mate don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well even uh, I look forward to it even more then, even more to be involved. Uh, so that's incredible. So, you know, we talk around superpowers uh, with people who are neuro different, um, but we all have superpowers. You know, we all have things that we can think uh, we're particularly good at. Now, with people who are neuro different, it's, you know, these are, there's a big difference sometimes between what you face as a challenge and your superpower, you know certain things can really affect you in a way that affects nobody else and, and certain things you can be unbelievably good at whereas most other people neurotypicals are a bit more steady in terms of their capabilities what would you say jamie is is your superpower <laughs> i don't think i have a superpower um no look, I, I mean look outside of anxiety i'm also heavily dyslexic anyone that used to receive our emails before we had the money to hire a marketing department will attest to how badly dyslexic i am I've always found that that just it kind of makes me think a little bit different to maybe people that aren't, um, you know, creative problem solving is, is something that I seem to have sort of naturally adapted to. I, I kind of, I think just, you know, certainly when we sit around as a team, um, you know, I, I generally see a problem different to other people. Um, and, and that's kind of always, always been there. And 
it seems to be the way with people with um, dyslexia. They tend to be quite creative people. Um, with, with mine, it seems to be sort of like creative problem solving. So, yeah, if, I, if I've got a superpower, uh, and that's a nice way of putting it, that's, that's probably it. But on the flip side, you know, if you get one of my emails and uh, every other <laughs> word is spelt wrong, I really do apologize. Uh, the spell check's not working. Brilliant. And, uh, you know, people, I think, uh, are realistic about these things in these days. You know, we, we don't look for perfection, or at least most of us realize we're human beings. So I think the, the email is a great example. Uh, and, you know, I, there's ways around it, I guess, to, to let people know that, you know, okay, my spelling's not great. However, um, you know, the content's good, <laughs> for example. Sometimes. But I think the problem solving is a really good point. I think uh, seeing around the problem, the way that I see it is rather than go through a problem, which most other people do, <clears throat> it's to go around the problem because in life, that's what we've had to do. We've always had to find another way because we couldn't spell a particular word, because we couldn't communicate in a certain yep. way. So we go around the problem. Yep. And whilst other people are, are trying to weigh this self through a problem, Jamie, you're finding your way around that problem and creating an incredible company and doing That's some great. really good work. We, we're going to be talking in this podcast about uh, superheroes. We're going to be talking about the doers, the people that, that make the difference within the organizations. And we're going to be talking about advocates. Jamie, you are all three of those. Oh, uh, and so pleased to, to be associated with you, connected with you and to work with you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're a star. No. No, listen, listen, thank you for having me. Honoured to be the first guest. This is a really important podcast and, you know, anything we can do to promote this and get, it, uh, get as many eyes on it as possible, we will do. So, yeah, thanks very much for having me.